Eric, one question for you. Do you remember Gary Shandling, especially uh, the Gary Shandling show? Of course I do. Who doesn't remember Gary? So what I love about the Gary Shandling show is if you remember, I want to read you a couple of lines from his opening theme song, which says, this is the theme to Gary's show, the theme to Gary's show. Gary called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? How do you like the theme to Gary's show? This, ladies and gentlemen, is the opening of the PodMax podcast right here, right now on the show. Welcome to the PodMax Podcast. And? Uh, I forgot how brilliant that was. Oh, yeah, the Gary so Shandling good. show. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny about that? It, it really, truly, on a deep level, sort of gives you permission, doesn't it, to kind of say... You know, and I know the, the term is overused, but you get in a little meta because obviously mm. when they wrote that intro, it was just like, what are we going to do? OK, and then they, they went through ideas and were bouncing back and then just landed on that tongue in cheek kind of funny thing. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So thanks for picking up on it. So um, we have our production meetings uh, prior to this show to figure out our segments and what we're going to be speaking of. But we don't sort of on purpose. We don't compare notes and talk about what's going to happen in that opening chunk. And usually right before we go on the air, one of us takes the lead. We're like, you have it. I have it. Who's opening. You got it. I got, and we don't even share it with the other person. So this time I was like, do you have something please? And you're like, I don't got something. And I'm like, oh man, we're going live in like 30 seconds. I don't have something. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm trying to find something for the opening. I got it. I'm going to go meta and just talk about the opening is the opening. And that was the open. Wow. Impressive. Oh, is it? And what's cool <laughs> about it, just to get a little more behind the scenes for everyone, Josh and I, if you watch or your fans and you've seen us in multiple channels and multiple events and doing our thing, we we're big fans of SNL. You know, we grew up on SNL. Ooh, go for and, it. And, you know, we, we often try to to break the fourth wall or, or, or break each other. Like oh, I'll boy. do, I'll do private jokes that no one's aware of or, or physical gags where I'm trying to get him to break character and laugh. Because I know if I could do that, then I'm probably doing my job and we're having fun. But then also it makes me laugh when I see him break. So yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's all fun. And isn't that what this is all about, Josh? That's the only only thing this and by this we mean life not just this show this moment come on life is just about having fun and doing it well at least that's part of our culture right and try yeah. and, and what we try to put into every single thing we do we try to have fun while doing it yeah yeah so let's get right into it as much as I want to keep diving into this because uh, it's so it's many fun. funny. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, but we're trying to keep this ship tight yep. um, and keep the show rolling. So first segment we have is Pro in the Know. That's right. And Josh, what do, what do we have? Why don't you kick this one off? Because you had a really cool idea this morning. Well, this is interesting. So last week... There was a piece of news showing a matchup of two celebrity 
uh, figures who are now hosting a show together. And uh, spoiler alert, this is not a political segment, right? We're not, it's not about that at all. But Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have teamed up to host a podcast together. Now, there's a lot of nuance here. It is a Spotify original, which means that it is exclusive only to the Spotify platform. Uh, and it's called Renegades Born in the USA. See what they did there? They, they <laughs> had to, right? They just had to. Uh, it's going to be a show which they already have about three episodes launched as of late February. Um, they say that it's uh, it's going to touch on race, fatherhood, marriage, and the future of America. So what do we say about this? You know, there's always strength in, in numbers. And even if it's one plus one, you know, when you can get two people together as we are doing here, it just makes things a little easier. And I think combining two very powerful personalities, as Josh said, celebrities, um, what what brings the question to my mind is how, how did that happen? You know, what were the conversations behind the scenes? Were there conversations behind the scenes? Was it as easy as, you know, his team called his team or Barack called uh, Bruce and they just said, let's do this. Or they were at a party and said, hey, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we have a podcast. And then the next day, let's do it. How simple or, or complex can it be? I don't know, but it sounds like fun. Yeah, what's, what's also interesting is certainly we know that they're not the first two celebrities to yeah. dive in fully and create their own show. Plenty of big names have shows. But... About that level of, of matchup. And uh, just to create a show around those two figures. There's something very almost comforting as someone in the podcast space, right? I mean, to say it legitimizes it fine, but it's just like, there's just something intriguing about, about the fact that it's happening and that it's exclusive to Spotify, which is a fantastic move on Spotify's part, right? Where they've been going forward for months and months throwing their weight and money around. Well, don't we see the master plan being played out? And we probably don't even see or know what the real end goal is or what the next, you know, three, four, five, ten years uh, on, on the docket for Spotify. But we clearly see a plan being laid out on exclusive celebrity mm. content and shows so that they can own that show. They probably will own a percentage, if not all of the content of that show, very much like, uh, you know, Joey Tribbiani and, um, and Monica and the friends, everyone that was in that world don't own the friends mm. property. They don't own the content of the shows. It gets syndicated and the show rolls on and makes money decades after it's off the air. So my guess is Spotify is creating somewhat sort of a, a model based off of that traditional programming, but now bringing it to the podcast space, which is absolutely brilliant. And I think Amy Schumer is another one that they locked in. Uh, you know, you name it. There's celebrities just joining in and the more they hear that they're in good company. Hey, oh, wow. Springsteen and Obama got a show. To, I, I want to be on that channel. 
right? Mm. I want to be on that platform. You know, call it what you may, it's all the same stuff, right? It's 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 just the next evolution, the next generation of. You bring up uh, a very interesting point about these celebrity-driven shows for people like us that are the independent podcaster and producer and show creator. Do you think that eventually there's going to be some tipping point where that draws people like us and our colleagues further along or does it create a divide and makes life that much more difficult for the likes of us? Mm. I think for those of us who are in the industry now, establishing ourselves, building an audience, we're going to be slightly ahead of the curve when corporate America starts to really sink their teeth and pour billions of dollars into this industry, which is where it's going. So we're going to have a footing. Yes, there will be people that probably have to fade away because they were never really truly into it anyway, or they got in too late. But yeah, I think we can benefit from all the money that's getting poured in, all the investments that's getting poured in, all the people that are now taking this seriously, right? Josh and I have been doing this for years now. And people used to say, podcast? What's a podcast? Or is that like radio? We'd have to explain it. Just like, you know what? It reminds me of when I was um, in the 90s. I'm going to you know, state my age here. When I was going to college, what I was doing as a graphic designer wasn't called a graphic designer or graphic design. That term didn't exist. I had to say I'm a commercial artist. And that 100% of the time needed an explanation. I'm like, well, you know, billboards and like the stuff you get in the mail. And like, that's what I do. I, I design things and no one understood. I feel like we're getting to that point now where everyone is finally understanding what podcasting is. Yeah. And uh, speaking of corporate America sinking their teeth into this, like you said, um, that podcast of uh, Barack Obama and Springsteen, it's actually sponsored. They have sponsors and it's sponsored by Dollar Shave Club and Comcast in the United States. And we bring this up because you had an interesting figure, Eric, on yeah. the 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 very near future of podcast advertising. Yeah. So what's interesting, folks, is I love the contrast of the two sponsors. It's almost the business plan is absolutely amazing. For I could see the heads at Spotify saying, "We want two big sponsors. Who do we get?" Comcast, yeah, they've got more money than God, right? Yeah. And and they're an institution. They've been around forever. And then let's get Dollar Shave yeah. Club. Quirky. Uh, yeah. yeah, the exactly, exactly. The quirky sort of next-gen marketing and brand. So I love the two contrasting things. And they're making sure it looks like this may be their criteria when sourcing and, 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 and signing, inking deals with, with sponsors. But what's cool about this is there's a study, not a study, I'm sorry, there was an article that was put out, a statement from eMarketer, which is a well-established uh, sort of in the marketing industry, where eMarketer said that they see podcast ad growth of 41% this year, 2021, as podcast digital audio share expands. So again, 41% growth in projection of ad revenue for podcasts. 
which is massive. If anyone is a data geek and they 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 know growth and they understand 41% in ad growth in one year is going to be huge and it's a massive indicator of what we're talking about here with Dollar Shave Club and Comcast and Spotify and what everyone's doing because now they get it. So we have and when I say they, I'm saying corporate dollars understand where this is moving and they're now investing in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that so, so there you go. You can tune into Renegades Born in the USA on Spotify exclusively if you care to uh, to get some insight. And I believe before we leave this segment behind, I believe no matter what side of the aisle you're on, isn't that the term? Uh, but <laughs> no matter which direction you lean, I took another second stab at a uh, little s- silly political phrase. But seriously, no matter how you feel about either of those people, as as somebody in the industry either as a host or somebody who guests on shows, I truly believe that you should be engaging and indulging and pushing play on so many different varieties of shows until you get sick to your Mm. stomach. It's the only way you learn. It's really our responsibility if you want to really consider yourself a professional. It's how you stay sharp. It's how you learn. And then you have to figure out when you push play on a variety of shows, you then have to sort of figure out what you're listening for and how you're listening and what you're picking up on. And that comes with time. So do yourself a favor and push play on as many different shows as you possibly can and see what you can learn because it's all a learning game. Love it. Next segment, build it and they will come. Yeah. What are we talking about here, Josh? So in this segment, we're specifically going to be talking about events or situations or things that we uh, participated in or witnessed uh, that worked or didn't. Uh, This week, we're talking about our recent PodMax event. It was our 11th, and it took place this past uh, Friday. And uh, it was it was another extremely wonderful, resounding success. And we always say that not only from how we felt about it, right, but from the results that we're seeing and we're hearing from the participants, from the attendees, from the hosts, and from the speakers. Eric, we've said it before, don't our speakers just verbally stop in their tracks and adore the community that we've Mm -hmm. built. We wanted to talk about specifically David Meltzer, who came back for a second time, this time around, to help us through the pitch. Set up the scene, Eric, what happened? Yeah, so we had David Meltzer at a previous PodMax, and we asked him to to grace the stage again because we got so much feedback, so much energy based off of a portion of his talk. Mm-hmm. So that portion from the last PodMax was an opportunity for someone in the room, and it was spontaneous to a degree, where we were going to pull somebody from the community. So think there's 30, 40, 50 people in the room, and we say, hey, who wants to step up? And pitch to David Meltzer in two minutes, your business. And a handful of people said, yes, I'll do it. They loved it so much. The feeling of, of uh, excitement, the feeling of you know ang- anxiety because they didn't know what to expect. But then coming out of it, a much better sort of person that just learned from that uh, experience. So we said, why don't we devote? David Meltzer's hour with us to the pitch to his two minute drill show. And boy, man, was that an absolutely amazing and fun experience for us all. 
huh, Josh? Yeah, and here's what we were saying. So we knew we were going into this uh, pitch segment with David. Uh, we knew we wanted uh, several of the attendees to be given the chance to, on the clock, inside of two minutes, just like his two-minute drill show does, to pitch. So we spent the first 10 or 15 minutes chatting with David about outline for us what makes a good pitch what should we do what shouldn't we do what are some of the characteristics of a great and not so great pitch and then we had we had uh, a handful of our attendees previously committed meaning that they were prepared that they knew they were going to be but we also found out we have a few extra spots to fill so that day in the room we said if anybody wants to add their name to the list please do and you'll get a chance to pitch david with some feedback and then david from those people he's going to in the room award a winner who is going to appear on two minute drill when they do season two uh in just a few weeks time which is fantastic and that's what we wound up doing but what we noticed was that whether the people had time to prepare or not everybody was nervous there was there was there was like a level of fear inherent in all of the pitches but they did it anyway and what do we make of that yeah, I mean, we're, so many, so many things uh, could be made of it, Josh. Uh, I just want to, anyone who's listening uh, that is tuning in or, or, or realizing or trying to figure out what we're talking about when we say pitch. Uh, when you think of the elevator pitch, whenever you hear that phrase, you should be able to sum up yourself, your business, what you do, how you do it, and why you do it, all within two minutes, meaning an elevator ride, right? So... You often see this played out in Shark Tank. So what the pitch should include, which is a necessity when you do your two-minute elevator pitch, is you have to ask for something. It doesn't necessarily need to be, I need investment dollars or investors, but it could also be, I need connections. I need partnerships. I'm looking for the X, Y, Z. So that's what we shared with the community. And they brought it. You know, Some of them asked for money. Some of them asked for business relationships and partnerships and investors. But yeah, they, they all came prepared some more than others, but it was wonderful to watch and see it play out and to live vicariously through these individuals mm. and to watch the growth because we were able to watch them from the first event that we did this to some of them repeating it again and nailing it, absolutely landing it. And spoiler alert, the person that did it twice and showed up this time prepared actually won the spot on David Meltzer's two minute drill. So that is, you know, in a nutshell, how it all came to be and what was the result of it. But to Josh's point, what's really cool is people stepping into the fear because so many people, not even so many people, 100% of the people yeah. that participated said, I didn't want to do it. I, I hesitated and I, I really thought, what am I going to get out of this and realized, oh my God, everything. I'm going to become something else when I come out on the side of this. I'm going to run towards the fire and I'm going to figure this out. And isn't that what we all do as entrepreneurs, Josh? We figure mm. it out and we move towards the fear. I'm learning something in these yeah, in these few years that I've embraced the hidden entrepreneur and everything that that that, that stands for and using that to my benefit to say, 
well, if I'm coming forward and saying I, I spent all this time hiding and I've made the choice never to do it again, I sort of have my own personal integrity and responsibility to not you know, cower from fear anymore. But these days, especially what I'm starting to do is whenever the voice in my head says no or not now or maybe later, I'm training myself to then deliberately take the action that that voice told me to hold off on. A silly example is uh, I'm on the Peloton bike, right? I've spoken about this before. I do it three or four times a week. So I'm on the bike. What's incredible is they also have some, 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 some arm weights so you can do upper body. Sometimes I, exactly, just like that. Sometimes I only want to do my time on the bike and then call it a day. But if I catch myself as I'm cooling down or during the ride saying, uh, should I, should I do arms today? I don't know. I, I don't want the minute I hear myself saying that mm. I then know that I have no excuse. It's like, sorry, now you have to. And I do. And I'm like, okay, great game over. Uh. And then of course I'm thrilled that I did, but it's all just training. It's just training yourself to go, like you yeah. said, towards the fire. Yeah. And our instincts, right, as as human beings is to protect ourselves, right? Don't experience uncomfortable situations or something that's dangerous, you know, that's, you know, risking things, risking our lives, risking our sanity, risking our confidence. Um, but everyone, like I said, who had mentioned to me uh, participating in it, whether they won or didn't, yeah. they all won because they, exactly. they, they learned something extreme that people pay tens, if not hundreds of thousand dollars, say in an MBA, got feedback firsthand from David Meltzer, a multimillionaire with a massive brand, giving our tribe and community advice on their pitches. So, I mean, it was an extraordinary experience for all of us. Um, you know, we're looking forward to participating in the two minute drill as well. You know, we're putting ourselves out there and it's, 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 the, you know, the, the point of it all is run towards something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Every time. Figure it out every, yeah. And you'll figure it out and, and you'll evolve as a, as, as a human, as a business owner in so many ways. So it's, it's so fun. Good stuff. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Moving along. The next segment is called, have you ever, I I'm starting to feel this is your, your this is your favorite. Are you playing favorites with this one? Look, at you. you're, you're like no lighting favorites. up. I have no yeah. favorite. I just yeah. hear your voice doing Andy Rooney. That's all. It's <laughs> Andy Rooney. I love that. Oh, here's the funny thing. So, you know, we love to go behind the fourth. It's uh, uh, we're working on sound segments finally and hopefully you know rob's gonna help us get it into the next episode of the pod max podcast uh but uh we did look into andy rooney's voice um and yeah because i wanted to give our our audio engineer rob a reference point like why oh, do we I keep see what you're doing saying. this yeah. and you know what i found dude more what? than andy rooney on 60 minutes it was joe piscopo call back to snl doing Andy Rooney. I thought in my mind and remember what I remember it was Dana Carvey doing uh not Joe Piscopo. So they anyway. both I they both did Andy Rooney? I I I didn't see any Dana Carvey impersonation. Oh, oh, I'm saying oh, oh, you thought it was Dana Carvey. All this who did, did you know who it was doing no, it? You it, knew it was an SNL character, but 
I, I, I might've forgotten, but I mean, <laughs> Joe Piscopo, I, Piscopo. I, yeah, uh, great in his own right, but not one of the more prominent yeah. figures when you hear SNL. But when, yes. I think he was part of that class Correct. that no one yeah. knew of. Maybe Ben Stiller was in his class. I don't know. But they it was were, like a no maybe time. like the Anthony Michael Hall. Yes, yes, the Anthony I, Michael Halls. Yeah. I know Julia Louis Dreyfus was actually just for like a season. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that season actually was probably the only season that put the show at risk. I think they actually thought about ending the show. Wow. Yeah, some SNL expert can correct me, but that's In all fairness, really. we do know that uh Joe Piscopo his one of his biggest um uh characters. You remember who his uh who his biggest one is? The only Frank Sinatra impression yes! I ever do yes! is yes! not Frank Sinatra yeah. himself. It's Joe Piscopo doing Frank Sinatra. You kooky, kooky guy. <laughs> That's that's all I'm thinking of. Joe Piscopo doing Frank. It was amazing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So it's back to the have you ever. <laughs> have you ever segment. Uh, here we talk about have you ever and we discuss something uh, that we've experienced on either side of the mic and uh, distill it down. So this week it's have you ever as a guest on shows had to fill out a very extensive, long form in order to connect and apply with the host to be on the show. Hosts have in some form or another a little, uh, you know, a, a form you have to fill out to once you once they agree to have you on their show. But some hosts take this very far. And the form they want you to fill out in order to schedule and book the show is extensive. And we, we, you know, I think we feel different, different ways about that. Well, give me an example. Cause it's all relative, you know, what's sure. long to you, maybe short to me. So what, what, what constitutes a long form? Well, good point. So I think it's a mix between the number of questions mm -hmm. and the uh the the depth of the response if it's just like single line text that's fine but i'm talking about like they have the paragraph box and it's like <laughs> what are what are three to five takeaways that the listener can hear what are some lessons that you're going to provide uh what are five questions i can ask what are the reasons and it just goes on and on and on and on and i'm like okay, this is, this is just a little much. Read my about page. You know why you're asking me on your show. Let's just have a good conversation. So from a guest point of view, personally, I'm a little hesitant when, when those questions become just so deep. It's like, I don't want to take the time right <laughs> now to do this. So yes and no, because I, I, I have a form. It's yes. not a requirement. That's the main point. It's not a requirement. I'd say less than 50% fill out the form and I still do the show. Um, then there are questions at the top that are required, like your name, right? You know, your emails, your phone, mm -hmm. whatever it is, there are required fields. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds to me there's a pain point for you if the majority, if not all of the questions are required to move forward. Um, and then also questions that um, leave it open-ended, right? It doesn't necessarily, you, you can't answer it in one or two sentences. Although right. I have questions where you can, it's up to you. However, how, however long or short you want to go on these, these questions. Um, but doesn't it benefit the 
the host to get as much information about you as possible. And yes, you can go to, I can go to your LinkedIn. I can go to your about page. I can do all that stuff, but not everyone has those things set up like you do. Then why are you asking me on your show? <laughs> Maybe You should already have the answer. Very true. Maybe yeah. it's a, a recommendation. Maybe yeah, no. it's someone that doesn't have their personal brand up to snuff yet. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're building. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and this 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 podcast this this appearance on your show is going to help them to get there. Yeah, many many well, different reasons. Yeah, and I I I understand that there are there are right reasons for for both sides here, and I'm only one opinion personally. Um, in 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 all fairness, I'm also not the host that takes an extra day prior to the interview to schedule a 15 minute call with you to, you know, which is common enough, but I don't want to do it. I don't really like to do it uh, as a guest. It's like, okay, fine. I, I got to sit on a call with you and then we're going to regroup. Um, I'm just talking personally, but it's like, if the other reason why I shy away from like list three to five questions I can ask, or what are the top five lessons or takeaway that the audience can learn? It's like, I just feel like I can go in a variety of directions. It's like, I don't know. Let's I'll go where you take it and it'll be great. And we'll figure it out on the show. But I know that, 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 you know, everybody's not like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the shorter long of a form is really a good indicator of what the show is about. You know, like how deep do they go? How structured is the host? Is yeah. that, it's it's a reflection of their personality and what you can expect when you have that conversation. Um, let me ask you this. If you had the opportunity to be on uh, a massive show, you know, like say uh, Pat Flynn's show or Tim Ferriss's show, and it required you to have a 15 minute uh, call with Pat or Tim, right? And or, or yeah, fill it out, fill out a three page document. And oh. then in one of those sections of the document or the form says, what can you teach my audience? You're absolutely right. Right. What yeah. what, what do you have in play, which you should as uh, the level you are as an entrepreneur business owner? What do you, what do you have in your programming that you can teach my audience in five, mm. 10 minutes? And I say this because one of the biggest shows, if not the biggest show I've been on with Bigger Pockets, episode 64 business podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, they, the, it was a long, it was a long ass form. And in the form, it asked me, what could you teach the audience? And I brought and you, our four C's up. Right? And you, I said, oh, wow. And you I, loved I answering it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I could bring this. So, you know, your next level business owner, when you, you have answers to the questions. You have something, right? It's mm -hmm. not necessarily a struggle because you've done this before and it's expected because the level of the show has gone up. So yeah. I think as we level up, the shows begin to level up because mm. they need to filter out the people who don't want to fill out the form. You're right. You've totally changed my perspective <laughs> on the form. Now I have to, every show should be looked at like a Pat Flynn or a Tim Ferriss or a Dak Shepard. Why wouldn't it be? Because if, if you don't want to bother you, if you don't want to bother filling out my form, why would don't you come on my show? Yeah, right. exactly. What are you only you? You don't want to be bothered for shows that you don't think are good enough or popular enough yeah. or valuable enough. Yeah. But oh, bring Tim Ferriss or Dak Shepard or Tom <laughs> Billy. Then Josh there will fill go. out the form Yo, all day long. How many? 
89 pages, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> glad uh, and and the 15 minute uh pre-chat could it be 30. <laughs> so let's let's sum up the show here i think uh i think we put a nice little bow on that one yep. uh so pro in the know folks we learned that obama and springsteen are kicking off or already kicked off yep a new podcast which is massive for the industry uh we learned so much from there and spotify always bringing it I think Spotify is doing what Apple should have done 15, 20 years ago, mm. uh, but they never took it seriously. Like you said earlier, treating it like a redheaded stepchild, which is funny. They actually birthed it and they're like, okay, go off and do your own thing. And we're not even going to pay attention to you. And now look, Spotify mm. is taking it. Um, so a ton there. And then the headline about 41% growth is projected in the podcast industry for ads uh, and podcast ad revenue. So that's that's massive win. Um, I, I, I believe it would probably be more than 41%, but we'll see. And Josh, sum up our uh, build it and they will come. Uh, we had a great PodMax event before the weekend and our attendees got a chance to pitch David Meltzer. And across the board, they were nervous because the opportunity meant something and yet they still chose to go through with it that's a lesson for all kinds of moments in life when you feel yeah. feel that fear that that detri detra de de deprivate detri i'll get it. it we'll we'll fix it in post <laughs> when you feel that word i just said perfectly clean and clear <laughs> Uh, yes. Move towards the fire anyway. Run, run it's, the only, the fire. Yeah. it's the only way you grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you heard it here. We we debated over long forms uh, to required or not to get on a show. And is it worth it? And I think we sort of landed somewhere. Yes, it's oh. worth it depending on the show or treat all shows that way. It's completely worth it. I'll be looking for my next long, long form to fill out. That takes me half a day. No, seriously. It's all good stuff. Of course. But yeah, let's let's bring in our man of the hour, always uh, Todd Genitazio, to talk about what's coming up on the On Air Brands podcast. Yo, what's up, guys? Great episode today. You know. The idea of filling out these long forms for hosts really is like, I dread the idea of having to do that. But you're right. Like, okay, if you're a Tim Ferriss, Tom Bill, you even I would imagine someone like social media examiners doing this because they have very practical episodes. And even though you've yeah. been recruited, they want to make sure that you're going to stay on track with oh. what it is that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, and that does have a pro to it, but it also takes away, Josh, from what you were saying, where let's just flow with the conversation and see where it goes. Like, I'm thinking, oh, why would we have a 30, 15, 30 minute pre-chat? Wouldn't that be a great episode? Like, why aren't we recording this pre-chat? Oh. And so, you know, what we're tackling today on the On Air Brand Show, guys, is what makes a great podcast episode, right? Is it this uh, bullet point, stay on track, answer 50 questions ahead of time, and let's be scripted? Is it a free-flowing conversation where who knows what's around the corner? Or is it some combination? But that's what we're going to be tackling and breaking down today on the On Air Brand Show. What makes a great podcast episode? I see there is room for, obviously, for both results, right? Because every single late night talk show has, and I might have brought this up in the past, um, they actually, the, 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 the host and the guest, they rehearse 
their five to six minute. Segment. I was unaware of this. Oh no, no, they absolutely rehearse. They the guests know what questions are going to be asked. The host knows what stories are going to be told. Mm. It is all rehearsed. However, do you think um, Andy's uh, Real Housewives reunion is really that rehearsed? No, that's probably a little more free flowing. So there's room for all of it. Yeah. So maybe maybe having pre-rehearsed questions that could make a great show, or is it uh, free flowing? What well, you're going to have to tune in to the on-air brand show to find out what the best recommendation is on how to make a great episode. Not to put you on the spot, do you know what episode? In case someone's listening in their car, and they want to I believe jump today over? is episode five, season two, season two, five. episode five. Awesome, awesome. Now, I'm sorry, when you say season two, episode five, does that mean season two began with episode one or did the numbers continue through the episode, the seasons? Oh, that's a great question. We'd have to look. I, I believe in if you're looking in if you're looking in Apple Podcasts, it's one oh four, one one oh one, one oh or I'm sorry, yes. it would be oh two for season oh two, episode five. I think it says that in there. Yeah, okay. but it, it did reset. Yeah, that's season two, episode one, yeah. two, three, four, and now this one five. The On Air yep. Brands podcast. Are we not to go too far off the rails here? Are we resetting? That's what we do. That's what we do here. We go off the rails because <laughs> we, we... Didn't fill out the form beforehand. That's the <laughs> what happened here, Josh. None of us filled out the damn form before the episode <laughs> because I don't want to. You guys want to be on that show? You better fill out the damn form. <laughs> so when we get to season three of the On Air Brands uh -huh. show, is that going to be season three, episode one? Yes. Should it? Yes. Oh three oh one. I understand. That's how, that's how works, TV. You know? I know that's how while, TV. While we're, while we're yeah. off the rails, let's just do. Let's go all the way. When I started watching Mr. Robot, the episode titles are—I forget exactly—but they are like oh one underscore file dot mov. And the first time I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, someone's getting fired!" Like I really thought like that they uploaded the file to Netflix. The you know with the file name yeah. inaccurately like oh that's clever their name they put the episodes like file names wow and that's all of Mr. Robot yeah 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 wow yeah. so they never have to think about a marketing right. title right yeah <laughs> no <that>. yeah <laughs> clever yeah clever 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 just like and this it, show yeah exactly and is it and does the title play a role and how do you come up with a good title for a great episode mm. that's what we're talking about next. Make sure you're tuned in if you're watching us live, facebook.com slash onairbrandslive. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast player, check out season two, episode five of the On Air Brand Show to hear what makes a great podcast episode. Awesome. I think, I think Todd just took us home. He did. Yeah. He had to. Thanks so much <laughs> for tuning in to the PodMax podcast. Same time, same bad channel. We hope we added some value in your life today. We'll see you next time. Gary Shandling. <laughs> Welcome to the Podmax Podcast.